This is Heavenly Gospels Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Pastor Corey is preaching with the title, When Things Don't Go As Planned. We hope you enjoy. Yeah, I am so excited to be back with y'all this week, and I got a word for you. I'm so ready to preach, and so I know y'all ready to preach with me. I got, I know y'all got your virtual shoes ready, so anytime I'm saying something good, Go ahead and put a shoe up there, and I'll make sure I get my dodge game ready because I'm so ready to preach. Would you turn your Bibles to John chapter 21, verse 3? John chapter 21, verse 3. And it reads, you can follow along on the screen, Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. And they said to him, we are going with you also. They went out and immediately got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. (laughs) They went out, look at the text, it says, and immediately they got into the boat and they caught nothing. Remember that. But when the morning had come, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. And then Jesus said to them, children, have you any food? And they answered him, no. And he said to them, cast a net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment for he had removed it and he plunged into the sea. But the other disciples came in the little boat for for they were not far from land, but about 200 cubits dragging the net with fish. Then he said, as they had come to land, they saw fire of coals there and fish laid on it in bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish which you have just caught. And so Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to the land full of large fish, 153. And although there were so many, the net was not broken. Remember that. Verse 12 says, Jesus said to them, come and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? Knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus then came and took the bread and gave it to them. And likewise, the fish. Last verse, verse number 14 says, this is now the third time Jesus showed himself to his disciples. And after he was raised from the dead. Family, it is my assignment to to preach and to teach this morning from the subject titled, When Things Don't Go As Planned. Why don't you type in the chat, chat box, when things don't go as planned. Family, we, we have been discussing over the past several weeks that this is our growing season. That, that we're not just going to 
go through this season, but that we're going to grow through this season. That I'm, I'm not just going to go through this season aimlessly, but I'm going to move with purpose, for purpose, and on purpose. Somebody say, I'm going to grow through it. <laughs> and we, we talked a few weeks ago about overcoming adversity. And this week, I want to lean in on something that I, that I was thinking about over this past week that not only if we're going to grow, we got to learn how to overcome adversity, but also, too, we have to learn how to overcome failure. So somebody say failure. That one of the worst feelings in the world is when something has failed. And what's even worse is when you allow what failed to become the definition of your worth. You're not a failure because something failed. You only become a failure when you let what failed become the totality of who you are. And I've discovered, family, this morning that the enemy, he works overtime at making things fail, not at making things fail, but pushing you, watch this, to define yourself by the things that failed. <laughs> and I just want to put one line for you to remember. If you don't remember nothing else, remember this. The enemy, he loves failures, but he hates finishers. I'll say it one more time. The enemy, he loves failures, but he hates finishers. Can I tell you why he hates finishers? Because the word finish was a word that signaled his defeat. Jesus, while on the cross, said, not it is done, not it is over. He said, it is Finish. And every time he hears that word finish or sees a finisher, he's reminded of his defeat. And wherever you are right now, I want you to speak this and declare this over your life. I am a finisher. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and type in in the comment section, I am a finisher. Why don't you say it out loud in your living room, in your bedroom, if you're listening to this in the car, why don't you yell it out loud, I am a finisher, that I'm not a failure. And what do I mean by this word finisher? It means that I don't walk away or quit what God has designed for me to accomplish here on earth. Finisher means I see things through until God says it's done. Come on and shout one more time. I am a finisher. And what the enemy wants you to do, he wants you to be so focused on what doesn't go right or what you haven't done well that you do not finish to the point that it defines the rest of your life because it didn't go the way you planned it to go. But even when things don't go right, it doesn't automatically mean that something is wrong with you. It could mean that it didn't work and you got to figure out another way. And what he does is he, he sows little thoughts that, that you're not capable. I, I don't know about you, but I've, I've struggled with thoughts of insecurity and, and failure and doubt. And the enemy, I allowed the enemy to scream these thoughts aloud that I'm not capable. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. All because something did not work out. 
But I come to tell you that failure may be an issue, but failure is not my identity. (laughs) Write that in the comment section. Failure may be an issue, but it's not my identity. And I've come to remind somebody in this growing season, you may not have done everything perfectly. You you may have let yourself down. You may have let others down. You may have even let God down. But just because you let God down doesn't mean God is done. I'll just say it one more time. Just because you're down doesn't mean that you're done. And this virus has impacted all of our lives and disrupted our sense of normalcy. But God still has something for you and I to accomplish. And I come to let you know, as your pastor, whatever dream, whatever instruction, whatever assignment God gave you, don't let this season or failure stop you from achieving it. You still can finish it. Why don't you, why don't you type in the comment section, I am a finisher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're social distancing with whoever you're with, so why don't you go ahead and high five your neighbor and say, I am a finisher. I am a finisher in our text this morning. Jesus, he reveals to us how we can bounce back when things do not go as planned. In this narrative, Peter and the disciples, they're on a boat fishing like how they used to fish. They're doing what they they used to do for this was their trade or occupation before they found Jesus Jesus has experienced a brutal death and they are in their feelings and their world is turned upside down because even though Jesus told them what would happen, they didn't expect for things to be this bad. They didn't expect to be persecuted and potentially experience the same fate Jesus had and being hung uh, because they followed him. So, So the first thing I learned the first thing that the text teaches us when things don't go as planned. The first point, when things don't go as planned, we got to learn how to resist the familiar. Why don't you write it down? Somebody say, resist the familiar. The text says in in verse 3, Simon Peter said to, to them, I'm going fishing. And they said to him, We are going with you also. (laughs) See, family fishing was was Peter's occupation. It's it's what he did before he met Jesus. It's what he grew up doing. It, It was the family business. But when Jesus came into Peter's life, he moved him from being a fisherman to fishers of men. He says, instead of fishing for fish... I'm getting ready to change your job title, and you're going to now fish for people. And you're simply going to connect other people to the creator. And so it is. Fast forward to John chapter 21. When things didn't turn out the way Peter had imagined, he went back to the familiar. Now, now, now there's nothing wrong with fishing. It's, it's not a sin to fish. You know, I, I've, I've even fished from, from time to time. Now, now, I may have somebody hook up my pole for me and even put the worms on the hook for me because, yeah, I, I don't do all that. But, but, hey, nevertheless, 
I, I still know how to fish. <laughs> I know how to work a fishing pole. Don't judge me too harshly. It's all right. Uh, but Jesus, he isn't against fishing, but he is against going back to something he's called you out of. <laughs> I thought I would get a better response right there. I thought y'all would say something a little bit more right there, so I'm going to say it again. Jesus, he isn't against fishing, but he is against you going back to something he's called you out of. <laughs> You see, fishing represents something Jesus brings you out of that you go back to when things get uncomfortable or when plans have failed or when you don't know what the future holds. And when we go back to the familiar, not only are we adversely impacted, everyone we're connected to is impacted as well. Not only are we impacted personally, we are impacted socially. What do you mean? What do I see that? It's right there in the text. And the text says, after Peter said, I'm going fishing, the text says, the disciples said, we are going with you also. <laughs> ah, watch this, family, because your decisions don't just affect you. They affect everyone around you. And this is why you must resist the urge to go back to the familiar because you got people that's depending on you. That you are what I characterize and coin as a domino person. What do you mean, Pastor Corey? I mean, when you fall, everything else around you fall. And the reason why you must resist the urge to go back is whenever you go back, you're taking everything that's connected with you back. That when you go down, you take everything else connected with you down. That's why you can't go back because your spouse would be imp impacted. That's why you can't go back because because your children will be impacted. That's why you can't go back because your friends will be impacted. That's why you can't go back because your co-workers will be impacted. Somebody say, don't go back. Don't go back. I don't care how comfortable it is. I don't care how familiar it is. Do not go back because you got somebody that's relying and waiting on you. You got somebody that's depending on you. You got children that's depending on you in your development. And you've come too far to go back. And that's why the enemy, he wants you to go back to the familiar. Because he knows when you do, he doesn't just get you. He impacts everyone you're connected to. <laughs> so if you don't, watch this, have enough strength to move forward, have enough sense not to go backwards. Ah, God, I'll say it one more time. That if you don't have enough strength to move forward, have enough sense not to go backwards. And if you don't have enough strength to move forward, have enough sense to sit down. <laughs> have enough sense to say, I'm going to sit right here, I'm not going to be moved. I'm, going to, I'm not going to be moved. I'm not going to transition out of the spot that God has for me. I'm not going to go back, but I'll stay right 
here. And if you do not have enough strength to sit wherever you are, why don't you lay down and say, I just refuse to go back to anything that is unproductive, unfruitful for my life, that I will stand still and see the salvation of the Lord over my life. I'm not going to go back. Why don't you say, don't go back? Yeah, yeah, the Bible, it offers up another point why we must resist the familiar, and that is because the text says in part B of verse 3, it it says, they went out and immediately got into the boat. Watch this, and that night they caught nothing. (laughs) Oh, God, this is so good. Watch this, they fished all night, and they caught nothing. Nothing. Did you read that? Do you see that in the text? It says, they fished all night and caught nothing. Because hear me out. Returning to the familiar profits you nothing. Oh, God. I just, I thought I would have another better response to that. Preach, Pastor Corey. You're doing the best you can. Going back to the familiar profits you nothing. Come here. The thing that used to work for them in the past is not working for them in the present. They caught nothing. I mean, not one fish, not a goldfish, not a sea bass, not one cat. They caught not one fish. And what was successful in the past, what worked for them in the past is not working for them in the present. And this serves as a powerful principle that you and I can apply to our lives. And that is going back to an old thing will never yield anything new. Whoo, good God. Preach, Pastor Corey, that going back to an old thing will never yield anything new. That once a season is over, no matter how productive it was before, it cannot give you what you need now. So I don't know who I'm talking to. And regardless of how familiar it is, regardless of how comfortable it is, regardless of how it makes you feel, do not go back because it will profit you nothing. You will gain nothing from going back. Somebody say, don't go back. back. That you've put in too much work to go back. You've made too much progress to go back. You've you've cried too many tears to go back. You've got too much sweat equity. I'm sweating right now. To go back. That, That you can't go back just because it's comfortable just because it's familiar. And the truth of the matter is, whenever we experience failure or fear of the future, we always reach for the familiar, even if it doesn't offer us what we need. Yeah. Yeah. So don't go back to familiar people. Don't, Don't go back to familiar places. Don't go back to familiar patterns. Because what's back there can't fulfill you anymore. (laughs) I'm simply saying this morning, don't settle for empty nets. Because that's, that's all familiarity is. It's empty nets waiting for you. (laughs) Is this helping anybody? Come on, talk to me. Is this helping anybody? Point, Point number two, when things don't go as planned, 
The text teaches us we must remember the instructions. Somebody write that down. We must remember the instructions. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 4, came to Peter and said, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. That's what he said at the beginning of Peter's journey. But hear me out. They were never given the instructions to go back fishing for fish. Jesus gave them one instruction, and that was to be fishers of people. And that one instruction, I'm about to shout, did not get canceled because they did not like the way things turned out along the journey. That just because Jesus died, come here, Peter, and you messed up and denied me, it doesn't mean that your assignment has been altered. Ah. And, and I think that's an important point for somebody this morning to know that our issues don't cancel out his instructions. <laughs> that our issues don't cancel out his instructions. See, you thought that because you strayed away that he was done. You thought because you went back that he was done. You, you thought because you messed up that he was done. But, but God is so gracious that he will meet you at the point of your mistake and still say, I still got something for you to do and I'm not done with you yet. That your issues have not canceled out my instructions. See, the issue we, we, we have is we think that because we have backup plans, God has one too. <laughs> that, that we have backup plans in, the, in case things don't go the way we plan. But you need to know whatever changes happen along the way, whatever shifts happen along the way, whatever doesn't last along the way, whatever friendships change along the way, whatever job doesn't work out along the way, it's all in plan A in God's eyes. Because God does not do backup plans. That when he sets out a plan, that means, watch this, he's already calculated the mistakes and mishaps that will occur along the way. Ah, I got Jeremiah to help me out. Jeremiah says in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5, before I formed you, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you to be a prophet for the nations. He says, I knew you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew the you, you. That means I knew the good you and I knew the bad you. <laughs> I knew the good, bad, and ugly. He says, I knew your strengths and I knew your weaknesses. And watch this, I still appointed you anyway. Ah, God. Translation, that means I still had a plan for you. And I don't deviate from the plan just because things don't go the way you thought that they should go. He says, I do not do backup plans. You might have been surprised, but I wasn't surprised. I calculated everything that would happen along the journey. So do not deviate to plan B because my plan A is still in T. 
intact. And if God does not do backup plans, that means I should not be anybody else's backup plan. Come on, singles. Holler at me. That means you don't get to treat me like a plan B. You don't get to call me like a plan B. You don't get to text me like a plan B. That I'm nobody's plan B. That I am a plan A. That I'm not somebody's call in the late night of the hour. I am a plan A person. Somebody shout at your boy and say the plan A is still intact. (laughs) Woo! And if my life is not a backup plan, when things don't go the way we expected, we must by faith believe that God is yet committed to the plan A, the initial plan that he has for my life. Jesus, he comes back to remind the disciples of the initial instructions that, that plan A is still in place. And God needs somebody to know, watching online today, that no matter how far you've drifted, no matter how long you've been away, no matter how many times you've done it, God has a plan for your life. Remember the instructions. And as I was reading this text, I was reminded of a time where I was playing football and had my coach tell me my freshman year, I was a running back. I was way, way more fitter than I look right now. It's all right. And uh, I was in the gym and, you know, high school weight, you know, high school weight. And uh, I was playing running back and uh, he noticed something that I was doing. After every time I would get hit, he noticed I would not keep my feet moving. He says, when you experience impact, do not stop moving your feet, but keep driving your feet. (laughs) Because I don't want you to fall backwards. If you're going to fall, fall forward. Oh, God. He says, keep your feet moving. And what I notice, not just about those instructions, what I notice about the game of football is that in order to progress, you got to learn how to embrace some hits. Ah. And what I discovered about football is that the enemy, the defender, only goes after the person that's carrying the ball. Uh, that the defender is not chasing anybody who doesn't have the ball. The defender only chases somebody, watch this, who's carrying something. And I come to let somebody know the reason why you've been experiencing the amount of hits that you've been experiencing because you got an enemy, the adversary, Satan, he knows that you're carrying something. What are you carrying? You're carrying purpose. You're carrying giftedness. You're carrying, you're carrying talent. You're, you're carrying a book. You're carrying a business. You're carrying something on the inside of you and the reason why he is even attacking you the way he's attacking you is because you're carrying something somebody say i'm carrying something yeah that the attack is only confirmation of what you're carrying and no matter what how many hits you take no matter how many times the enemy hits you you got to learn how to keep your feet moving he noticed something even in the game I would get in the game, get hit, and I would just fall. Oh. I would get hit, and I would just fall. He came to me and said, Corey, you forgot the instructions. I said, yes, sir, coach. He said, what's the instructions? Keep your feet moving. And when I got back in the game, 
guess what I did? I kept my feet moving. Because if the enemy was going to hit me, I wasn't going to fall backwards. I'm going to fall forward. And I don't know who I'm talking to. You got to remember the instructions that God has given you after you've messed up. When things don't go as planned because present problems have a way of us bringing, of bringing amnesia to our minds, we, we got to remember the instructions. Remember what God has birthed you to do. Remember the purpose that he's called you to. Remember what he's placed in your life. Remember what assignment that he's placed in your life. You got to remember the instructions. The last thing I see after we have resisted the familiar and we remember the instructions, the text teaches us something that, that we receive assistance. How, how do I know that? Because in verse 9, after following the instructions of Jesus and catching a lot of fish, verse 9 says, as soon as they had come to the land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid on it. <laughs> that not only did Jesus have a fire going, he's already cooking fish on the fire. <laughs> Look at the text. So, so he does not have a fire simply going for the fish they're going to catch and bring. He, he's already got fish working on the fire. In other words, he's getting ready to add to what they bring to the table. <laughs> that when you resist the familiar, when you remember the instructions, Jesus does addition. That he adds to what you bring to the table. And you might be saying, I don't have a lot. I don't have enough. But don't, don't you know that two fishes and five loaves of bread in your hands may be little. But two fishes and five loaves of bread in the, man's, in the hands of the master, it can bring about much. That God will add to your life. We not only see addition, but we see his assistance. Where we see this at? We see this in verse 11. The text continues in verse 11 that after he caught 153 fish and began bringing it to Jesus, the text says that there, though there were so many, the nets did not break. Wait a minute. John, the writer, he, he makes mention of this because he says, wow, I'm floored by this, that I must put this in the text. He put this in there for a particular reason. He says there were so many fish and the nets should have broke, but they did not break. That the thing that he's dragging, it should have broke. But it didn't. And I don't know who this is for, but when you come out of this season, some stuff that should have broken you in your life is still going to be intact. Oh, God, I wish I had somebody that would talk back to your pastor. I come to declare over your life oh, some stuff that should have broken you. You're getting ready to come out intact. What's getting ready to be intact? Your family is getting ready to be intact. Your finances is getting ready to be intact. Your mind is getting ready to be intact intact. Your joy is getting ready to be intact. Your peace is getting ready to be intact. So why don't you take 10 seconds and praise God in advance for what he's getting ready to do while you're yet in the season that you're in. Get, why don't you praise him in advance for keeping you intact against stuff that should be tearing you apart. That I'm scoring to come out not 
only together, I'm getting ready to come out of this season whole. I'm going to remain intact. He, we, he receives this assistance. So when you, when you don't know what to do, when things don't go as planned, number one, you got to resist the familiar. But you can't keep it together if you keep going back to what's making you fall apart. Oh, God. i said say that one more time. You can't keep it together if you keep going back to what's making you fall apart. That if you don't have enough strength to move forward, have enough sense not to go back, that it don't make you feel that good. Yeah. And even if it do, it's not worth it. It's just a moment, right? Don't don't go back to those self-destructive habits and behaviors. That 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 if when things don't go as planned, we not only got to resist the familiar. We got to remember the instructions that I come to be like my coach in your life. You gotta remember the instructions. I'm done, Alton that you got to remember what God has spoken over your life. Before all of this happened, before all this corona situation happened, what did God say to you? What, what assignment did he place in your lap? What, what dream did he, did he impart in your life? That thing did not get canceled because we didn't expect this. Because you didn't expect this. <laughs> Just because you were surprised, it doesn't mean God was. He's already made a way for you not to just survive, but to thrive in this season. But you got to resist the familiar. When all this happened, I had questions and of course fears. We've never been in a situation like this before. This was an unprecedented thing where churches are shut down and immediately I began moving. Tried to say it was out of wisdom, but it was really out of fear. Say, hey, we're not going to do worship this week. I don't know if we're going to have enough money to pay everybody. I started trying to shut stuff down and I was really worried. But after that first week, God reassured me that he's got me. And these self-destructive, I want to be insecure and doubtful. I said, don't go back. So every single week I've been preaching to an empty room. <laughs> Preparing myself for the thousands that are getting ready to show up. <laughs> and every single week, I've received God's assistance. Our church hasn't lacked anything. I haven't lacked anything personally. We've been able to pay staff. We've been able to add staff. <laughs> because when you resist the familiar, and when you remember the instructions, God does addition and we receive his assistance. Let me pray for you now. Father, whoever is watching, 
Give them the grace not to go back through disappointment, through failures, when things don't go as planned. Give them the faith and give them the grace to not go back. Father, if they don't have enough strength right now, Father, I pray for the strength to be still. Ah, that God, if they can't move forward, God, give them what your word declares that, that we are to stand still and know that you are God. Reveal to them who you are in their stillness. Show them that you are Jehovah Jireh, the provider. Show them that you are the healer. Show them that, that you are the shelter, that you are the savior. Show them that you are the leader, the Lord our God, and you would not fail us now that you've brought us too far to leave us now but that you'll be faithful to us if we keep keep our hand in your hands give us the grace to not go back when things have not gone the way we plan may we not just go through this season but may we grow And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. That was an awesome word by our very own pastor, Pastor Corey. We hope that you were blessed today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you would like to partner with our ministry today, you can partner with us via Cash App at dollar sign Heavenly Gospel. Again, via Cash App, dollar sign Heavenly Gospel. Or you can go to hglovespeople.com, press give, and partner with us in giving today. Well, have a blessed day, and thank you for tuning in.